One thing, this is Jason from the future here, before we start the episode, one thing we did not mention <laughs> that we should have is the reason we're releasing this episode today and the reason this contest is set up in August is because August 20th happens to be H.P. Lovecraft's birthday. And he was born August 20th, 1890. So that would make him, what, 132 today? But so that's why we picked today. And we do talk about, you know, some of the negative things ascribed to H.P. Lovecraft and his character later in the show. So that's not ignored. But I, I will read from one of his letters here real quickly before we start the show. This is a letter in January 1929 to Maurice W. Moe. And Lovecraft wrote that what a man does for pay is of little significance. What he is as a sensitive instrument responsive to the world's beauty is everything. So it's a quote of his that I particularly like. But yeah, nobody here is defending Lovecraft, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But I realized we hadn't mentioned in the show why we were releasing this episode today or doing this contest this month. So it, it is, you know, in honor of his birthday. Okay, let's get to it. Hey everybody, Jason here. I just want to let you know that we're going to be doing spoilers, limited spoilers, but spoilers for the movies discussed in today's episode. There's a list of the movies in the show notes, so if that bothers you, check that out. I think the any movie really deeply spoiled, not deeply spoiled, but potentially things all the way through the very end would be John Carpenter's 1982 The Thing with, you know, Kurt Russell and Keith David. Um, but definitely look through the show notes if you're worried about spoilers or our light spoilers for just about everything discussed in the show. And with that, let's get on with it. Well, pop yourself a beer or a cold libation. Let me tell you how I wrote this little thing. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start up with some talking and some moody clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation, kickstarts that I'm watching, and some blind unboxing, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. That's a slogan, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Joining me today as a co-host is Joe Salvador of Raven Guy Games. How are you doing this morning, Joe? I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me on, man. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have a cup of coffee with you, Joe? I do. I do. There it's you early. go. So so we, we're covering everybody here. We don't know when you're going to listen to the podcast. Joe is drinking coffee. Are, are, are you a coffee connoisseur? Is it a special kind of coffee, Joe? Or no, it's just Folgers. Yeah. Folgers, there you go. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I, I am, I've got my family's sick, both my wife and my son have COVID at the moment. And so I'm drinking a Gimlet, the healthiest of all cocktails. And so, <laughs> so we've got you covered, whether you're drinking coffee or adult beverage, we, 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 you know, we, we've got you here. Today is the award show 
for our Lovecraftian movie contest. And this contest was proposed by Joe, sponsored by Raven Guy Games. And we asked people to call in and tell us what their favorite Lovecraftian movie is and why they think it's Lovecraftian. And, and this was just a wide berth and they could define Lovecraftian however they wanted to. So I'm really interested to hear some of these entries. Joe, do you want yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think there's going to be a, a few movies that I've not heard of, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and in fact, I haven't listened to all these. I've there's there's one of these that we'll, we'll talk about when it gets there. But the gentleman who entered had sent a, an email after he sent the message, and I so I ended up watching this movie. So we'll talk about that when. when it oh, cool. Up. Okay. Um, but let's go ahead and start. We'll go through these. So the first one we have is Carl Rodriguez, the Geomologist Presents podcast. All right, Carl. Hey, Jason, just trying to take advantage of leaving a message on the phone before Anchor takes it away. Uh, I might be number one on the entries, and I know you never roll the one. Um, no matter how hard you try in any game, um, depend, no matter what the system, etc., because you're very lucky even though you disagree anyway well the dice gods love you at least anyway my favorite um movie actually is simply titled cthulhu it's a 2007 cthulhu that is loosely based on the novella shadows over insmith and it takes place in astoria oregon um the, the plot is might be familiar um in that a person is going to uh there a house that they have inherited from their grandmother um, and weird shenanigans happen throughout and there's this cult that is exists in Astoria um, and right so anyway the main character uncovers this cult that is manifest in Astoria and they make reference though they never show uh, deep ones uh, which is kind of cool so it's very moody I would say um, and oddly, it has Tori Spelling as an antagonist, and Tori Spelling from Beverly Hills 90210, the daughter of Aaron Spelling, uh, who makes all those sitcoms, etc. And um, yeah, it's a very different role for Tori Spelling. Uh, she plays a very evil, uh, nefarious character, and um, I think that's one of the highlights, actually. So, um, so pretty cool. Go check it out. The 2007 Cthulhu movie. Okay, I think before we do anything else, I will say, spoiler alert, I will put all the movie titles in the show notes, and maybe I'll put this in front of the, at the very front of the episode too, but obviously spoilers, some of these callers are going to spoil these movies. We're going to talk about these movies to some degree. Um, so just be aware that you may get spoilers for these movies. Joe, have you seen 2007's Cthulhu? I don't think I've seen this one actually, and it's it was on my list of films to try to watch before we did this, and it, I just didn't get to it. Um, sounds pretty interesting. I mean, I, I hear some uh, you know shadows over Insmith um, inspiration in there. Sounds sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Shadows over Insmith is one of my favorite Cthulhu stories. One of my favorite you know Lovecraftian stories. Um, I, I've told a story before the over on Andy Goodman's now defunct. Um, expedition of grizzly peaks podcast where back this would have been the i don't know the mid 90s i i was i think i was at fort lewis at the time washington state and i drove back home 
Oh, no, no, no. I'd been reset. No, this isn't true. This is late 90s. I was at Fort Bragg and I was had been living in Washington State and then got, got stationed at Fort Bragg. And so, but I drove back and forth. I drove from North Carolina up to Washington. I took like a month leave. Holy and, smoke, yeah. And, and drove back and, you know, forth. And I broke down in North Dakota, South Dakota, one of the Dakotas. And it, and the little town I broke down in, it, it was just, I mean, I'm sure everybody there was super nice and it was all good, but it was one of those towns that like everything closes at 6 p.m. and on mm-hmm. Sunday, nothing is open. Everybody's related. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> you, you, you know, it was one of those things, you know, I, I, I won't say I locked up. Like like myself in the in, in the little in the hotel was like this ancient <laughs> hotel, you know. I won't you, you know I won't say I locked myself in the hotel room with a pistol while my car was being fixed for three days, but I may have done that. But um, yeah, and and of course I I was bringing stuff back from watching State to North Carolina, and, and part of that were you know these um, anthologies, Lovecraft stories. So it didn't help that I was reading things like Shadow and Smith when that happened. But, yeah, perfect. Yeah, That's I haven't hilarious. seen this movie either. Um, but this is definitely one to check out, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Our next entry is from Spencer, also known as Free Thrall, the Keep Off the Borderlands podcast. Hi, Jason. I've got an entry for the competition, The Empty Man from 2020. It's a supernatural investigative horror film uh, directed by David Pryor. I believe it's his feature debut, but he has worked with David Fincher in the past, and you can tell by uh, looking at the film. Um, it's based on a graphic novel by Cullen Bunn and Vanessa Ardell Ray. Basically yeah. opens with a bunch of backpackers who awaken an ancient evil and then switches to following an ex-cop who's looking for a missing girl and uncovers all kinds of weird craziness. It did get a mixed reception on its release, um, but I think that's because it was pitched as one kind of horror film and it's really something else entirely. If there are any criticisms, it probably tries to juggle too many ideas, um, but I loved it and I think it meets the criteria for the competition. Hey, Jason. Whoops. Sorry about that. Got a little bit ahead there. Um, the Empty Man, I think that's on HBO. Um, I'll have to look that one up as well. I, I don't think I've heard of that, actually. Um, sounds pretty cool, and it certainly sounds like uh, it has some of that um, uh, ancient secrets uh, coming out in it. You know. Yeah, I. so I have heard of this. It was recommended. I watched, and I might be wrong on the streaming service it's on. There's a, a 10... I think it's ten episode miniseries based on Stephen King's book, The Outsider, and yeah, and and I I was well I talked about that on my podcast and and maybe it was Andy Goodman called in about the Empty Man or maybe it was Spencer who called in at the time and recommended it and I meant to watch it and it's on my list and I just haven't seen it yet but I but it's also on my list of things to watch I've heard good things about the Empty Man cool, the yeah. marketing aside the actual content of the film I've, I've heard really good things. yeah it sounds sounds very interesting. Um, I just finished The Outsider last night, actually. That was good. Okay, yeah. I I, I really like The Outsider. It, I, so I haven't read the book, and it differs from the book a little bit, I understand. Mm-hmm. But what, what's interesting is The Outsider ties, at least in the books, it ties to Mr. Mercedes. I don't know if you've seen Mr. Mercedes. I have not seen that. Um, whenever you started reading uh, uh, the Stephen King, mm-hmm. I, I went and I, I listened to the audiobook of The Outsider, and I saw that there, uh, there's a few different connections there uh, in the novels. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll check those out eventually. Yeah, it, it's interesting because the Mr. Mercedes is actually really good. 
and, and I do recommend that to people as well. That's on Peacock, I think. It may be on other places too. But so Mr. Mercedes has, of course, Brendan Gleeson, who's, you know, one of my favorite actors by far. I think I've done, I did an episode on Brendan Gleeson, actually. But um, <laughs> Justine Luke plays Holly Gibney in that, mm-hmm. in that series. And that's kind of her origin. But then we see that character in The Outsider as well, played by a different actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and The Outsider doesn't directly reference Mr. Mercedes, but it's, you, you know, the future of that character. Right, and, right. and that character, Holly Gibney, is one of the Stephen King's favorite characters that he ever wrote, according to King. That's interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next up, we have Kevin of the Red Caps podcast. And I actually already started playing his message, so he's going to start mid-sentence here. <laughs> Jason, it's Kevin calling in from the Red Caps podcast. Uh, for your Lovecraftian movie competition, I would like to submit Dark City from 1998. You could call it the Lovecraftian Matrix movie. Uh, it's a movie that didn't get much love, I think, largely because The Matrix came out right afterwards. But movies are very similar, um, although this one definitely does have more of a Lovecraftian feel to it than The Matrix ever did. It's got a more film noir slash mystery feel. It really plays on the fear of insanity and people losing their mind, which I think really fits into the Lovecraftian theme. The big bad in in this this movie, um, they're very similar to the ancient ones without giving too much away. There's a big cosmic um, twist in it. Um, And, I mean, most importantly, it stars Canadian superstar Kiefer Sutherland. Um, So, yeah, Dark City, 1998. That's my entry for your competition. Best of luck. Take care. Okay. Kevin is from Canada, by the way. Mm. Um, so Dark no, that makes sense. No, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Dark City. I remember seeing that in theater, actually, I think. Agreed. Agreed. I think that was probably the last time I saw it, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I remember liking it. Um, I don't really recall much about it, though. Um, I definitely need to revisit that, I think. Yeah, it's um, Kiefer Southern. is. I, I want to say Jennifer Connelly's in Dark City too. Yeah, I thought, I thought she was the female lead. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got really vague memories of Dark City as well. I, I need to revisit that. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I remember really liking it at the time as well. Um, hmm. I have to write that one down. Reminder. Yeah. So far, all great entries. Well, all these are going to be great entries, of course. But sure. okay. So next up, we have. John Lennon. Let's see what his favorite Lovecraftian movie is. This is a little bit longer. He sent me a it's a, about a two and two minute fifty second message. So, you can get your sip of coffee while we're listening. Welcome, fool. You have come of your own free will to the appointed place. Animals are fine, but their acceptability is limited. A little child is even better. Not nearly as effective as the right kind of adult. A man who would come here of his own free will. A man who has come here with the power of a king. A man who would come here as a virgin. A man who has come here as a fool. This is John Lennon with my entry for your Lovecraftian movie contest. 
I actually picked two movies, probably ones that many others chose too. The first is, of course, the original Wicker Man. You can't beat Edward Woodward, Christopher Lee, Ingrid Pitt, and Britt Eklund. And even though the supernatural never makes an actual appearance, it's a truly horrifying film because we find out that the real evil is, and always has been, humanity itself, as we are unfortunately reminded each day on social media and the news. There we are, Slytherin. Look, I don't know about you, but I'm famished. We stop on the way for a bite. Why not? John Dumpton went a fishing once. A fishing in the weir. Okay, I'm gonna pause that. Do you know what movie this is? Oh, you're you're muted. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I don't think so. That oh, this is familiar. okay. Now let him talk. This. this you, you you prioritize watching this movie. This is a great movie. Okay. He caught a fish up on his hook. He thought, look, mate, a queer. Now what the kind of fish it was, John Dampton couldn't tell. But he didn't like the look of it, so he threw it down a well. Ha! Now the worm got fat and growed, and growed an awful size. With great big teeth and a great big mouth and great big goggle eyes. That, of course, was Lair of the White Worm with Amanda Donahoe, Hugh Grant, Catherine Oxenberg, and Peter Capaldi. It's a movie that manages to combine the best B-movie tropes with psychedelic dream sequences. And, as with The Wicker Man, finds its roots in local customs and superstitions. Both would be great inspirations for any Call of Cthulhu game. But, of course, every game is better with tentacles. Yeah, Layer of the White Worm. Yes, of course. I have seen that. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. Um, both of those are really great folk horror mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah, The Wicker Man, I mean, it's it's excellent. And and Midsummer, obviously, it's it's almost a, mm-hmm. a remake of it, right? Right. Um, also very good. Um, yeah, I can't I have no complaints about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're both awesome entries. Yeah, Layer of the White Worm, I think, is Almost a forgotten movie, which is a shame because Hugh Grant's great in it. Uh, like I say, man, Don Ho's great. Everybody in there is great. And it's just got some weird imagery in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's just really well. And it, I think it balances the the horror and the comedy. I, I don't know. It, it fits that sweet spot for me yeah. of, of those kind of movies. So, Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, both good ones. Yep. Okay. Next up, we have MW, the Worlds of MW Lewis podcast. Jason, this is MW, finally getting into one of your contests instead of doing the old and common, hey, I missed your comment, but here are my thoughts. No, not this time. I'm coming in right up front. And uh, I'm not a huge connoisseur of Lovecraftian movies and stories, so that's to be my first admission in, in entering your contest. So in many ways, I'm I'm probably unworthy of winning, but um, since it's up to chance, I I hope I win. And here it is. My favorite, uh, and I had to do a little research on this one, is The Thing. The 1982 John Carpenter's movie, The Thing, which I just saw. As you know, we discussed this on the Discord or somewhere. I just saw it at the American Film Institute's campus in Silver Spring, Maryland. So that's my favorite. 
and uh, I, listen, I look forward to hearing the other entries and winning the contest. Of course, MW would be disqualified because he didn't tell us why it's Lovecraftian. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that's a great film, man. That's a great pick. Uh, I, you know, I thought about this uh, kind of going into the contest as, as over the past few weeks. And I think a lot of people have seen what I would consider Lovecraftian movies mm-hmm. without really thinking that they're Lovecraftian. Um, you know, like like John said, like uh, with folk horror movies and the folk horror in general, Lovecraft leaned into that stuff. Uh ancestry and all those kinds of things and there's some questionable you know um material there but he also leaned heavy into the sci-fi there was a lot of sci-fi movies that you know they're also lovecraftian movies yeah the things that are are, a fabulous pick right i I agree the thing is a great movie of course famously bombed when it came out you know and then got a cult following afterwards but it's still it stands today with the special effects mm-hmm. and the, you know, those practical effects still stand up today Absolutely. to the, to the point where they made, did the, the prequel also called the thing yeah. and where they mix this, you know, some practical effects and CGI and, and it just doesn't stand up. The, the original, the effects in the original look better than the, was it 2011 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, remake, which, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but, yeah, of course, I'm a big fan of practical effects. I, oh, yeah, I I'll always take practical effects <clears throat> over the CGI. But, agreed, agreed. Yeah, and Carpenter's a a master. We'll probably talk about Carpenter again. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have an entry from Barry of the Shadow of the GM podcast. Let's hope I click on the right one. Hi, Jason. It's Barry here from Shadow of the Gem podcast. Not that I'm podcasting much these days. Just want to drop an entry for your uh, Lovecraft-inspired film competition, and I want to put in John Carpenter's The Thing. Might be a few others who put that one in as well. I think it's quite a popular one out there, but I don't know many people think of it as a Lovecraft film. But to me, it kind of does follow quite a lot of that. There's a lot of that kind of cosmic horror, the whole aliens buried in ice, you know, taken very much from um, At the Mountains of Madness, kind of fits in really well with that kind of scene. And to me, I think a lot of the themes around not being able to trust people and stuff, you know, and sort of, you know, a lot of even like the sort of soul survival horror really kind of aspect comes from that. So yeah, that's kind of my entry. Hopefully that makes some kind of sense. And uh, yeah, carry on podcasting and I'm enjoying the show still. Speak to you soon. And there we go. Another entry. Absolutely. And, and he brings out, a good po- of course, you know, one of the big things we talk, we mentioned, we're going to say spoilers, but that ending that, you know, the ending of the thing, that ambiguous ending, you, you know, you don't know if either of them is the thing, <clears throat> Absolutely. Although, you know, in theory, one is and you have fan theories, people gone through the movies, dissecting it, you know, second by second, once it comes <laughs> out VHS to figure out who, you know, which one of those two is the thing, you know, is it, is it Keith or David Keith or is it, um, or is it Keith David? I always mix them up. Um, oh, I, don't know. I should know that. Uh, but either way, um, but you, it's, it's, um, Anyway, but but you know, is that that or Kurt Russell? You know, who who really is the the thing we want? It's Keith David. Keith David. Yeah, yeah Keith David. <laughs> um, I love Keith David. By the way, he's one of my favorite actors. I always am happy to see him in a movie. But yeah, no, great great pick, Barry. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 a good call out to uh, looking at the inspiration from At the Mountains of Madness because there, there's a few other films like that. And there's the episode of uh, X Files that mm-hmm. draws on the same kind of idea, right? Right. Um, yeah, very cool, very cool. Yep, definitely. Okay, next up we have Jason Hobbs. Of um, He does Random Screed and Hobbs and Friends. 
number of podcasts. Of course, he streams games on Twitch and does other things as well. All right, it's finally time to leave my entry for the contest. I haven't seen this in quite some time. It doesn't really count as a movie, but I mean, these days, our Netflix specials or five episodes of a show that are hours long, are they, do they count as a movie, a show? What do they count as? I don't know, but I want to say True Detective Season 1. I don't remember if anything actually had anything to do with any Cthulhu mythos, but it certainly felt like it throughout much of the show when things just started to get weird. I totally felt like those guys were player characters in a game. They were slowly going crazy. Time is a flat line. Is not a flat line. It's a loop. Smashes the beer can in the interrogation. Classic. True Detective, brother. Now, I assume you've seen True Detective. Oh, yeah. 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 Go ahead. And you can... <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's a great... That, that's a great call. And and I I definitely think it qualifies. I, Absolutely. I, yeah. And... Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and I it's think, great. Or go ahead. No, go. No, no, go ahead. You had a, you had a thought there. Oh, well, I was just going to say it's great because it is so subdued, and and there is, aren't really any any super potential supernatural things in that show can be written off as just in the characters' minds, right? Yes. Like you yeah. see birds swirling in a, a swirl mm-hmm. in the sky, and and, yep. and there's a vision. I don't remember. I think Woody Harrelson may may have had it. either Woody Harrelson or um. Yeah, McConaughey had it after they were stabbed at the Towards end of the battle. End, that might be like the last well, the last episode. He sees sort of like a uh, yeah another swirling cosmos or something, right? Right, but it's all really nebulous. But there's de- very mm-hmm. definitely a cult, and there's very definitely you know the imagery, and they do some name drops and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, like they uh, they they pulled on the king in yellow, right? That uh, mm-hmm. chambers. Um, yeah, and you know. Uh, Lovecraft himself drew the king in yellow and Haster into the mythos just by name dropping it in a story. I can't remember which one. Um, but, you know, since then, you know, Haster and, and the king in yellow have been just, you know, they've taken sort of like a, like a uh, prominent position in Cult of Cthulhu RPG and like similar, you know, media. So, I mean, I think that first season of True Detective was one of the best seasons of television ever. I think McConaughey, that, that's his best performance of all time. Um, and, you, you know, you say it's subdued, and absolutely, it's just, I don't know, it's just so dark, uh, uh, haunting, really. Um, and like you said, you don't really know what's going on. Is it, is there actually, um, you know, a supernatural element or not? We just, we just don't really know, and that's perfect. Right. And I think the other thing, of course, you watch the show. So if you go in the show looking for Lovecraft, I think you'll be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if you go in the show just wanting to see a great, because really it's about the relationship between Harrelson and McConaughey, right? That's yeah. really what that that season's about. And and the thing that impressed, so I always expect to see great performances from McConaughey. But I think sometimes because of the other roles he's in, we forget that Woody Harrelson's an amazing actor. Yeah. And, and he is such an amazing actor in that in season one. It really comes out. It reminds you, you know, he could really knock it out of the park. Um, the, the other great thing with True Detective, of course, is you have the same composer throughout T-Bone Bennett. And mm. T-Bone Bennett is an amazing composer. And, and the songs he picks and the feel he gets to, 
to make you feel like you're there and to, to reinforce what's going on in the episodes and all it is just really amazing. It's yeah. I, I can't praise that enough. If you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adult content and all that, you know, all those trigger warnings, you know, definitely apply, but it is, you know, one of the best. Um, and, and actually I, I know different. So we'll go on a minor tangent for a second. <laughs> I, I know different people. Have you seen the other seasons of True Detective? I have not. Um, okay. I, I, I heard that uh, season two is not good and season three is pretty good. <laughs> so the reason season two is considered not good usually is because it's – so they do tell a different story in each season mm-hmm. with a different cast in a different location. So season two jumps to modern day – I want to say Los Angeles, but modern day California. It, okay. it's, it's outside Los Angeles, but – but it's modern day California. And so you have a whole different cast and they're telling a different story, but it's still a really nihilistic story when it comes down to it, where yeah, the, okay. where your heroes really don't have, you know, they think they can change the world and they really can't, you, you know, and that's almost the takeaway sure. of it. Uh, Vince Vaughn's in it. Vince Vaughn's another one of those mm-hmm. guys that so every, every, every season actually has one actor in there that surprises you or not surprises you, but reminds you what good of an actor they are. Right. Yeah. So Vince Vaughn is, we think of him in comedies, dodgeball, you know, but Vince Vaughn actually has a number of serious roles and he's a really good, serious actor. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the third season, actually, the the actor that that's there, there's amazing actors in that. But the one that stands out to me because I don't think of him as a amazing actor is Stephen Dorff. Um, most people remember Stephen Dorff as the head vampire in the original Blade movie. But OK, yeah. But he actually is a pretty damn amazing actor, and he does a great <laughs> job in season. Now, don't get me wrong; his everybody else does a great job too. But in season three, he does a great job in there. And nice. now, season three, because of the controversy over season two, they pull it back to the south, and they kind of try to. They don't really tie into season one, but they mm-hmm. they they talk about oh, there was this cold of child killings, and you know, because they try to tie it back in. Yeah. Season three is more about. Um, you know, keeping a hold and what happens when you're, when you're losing like amnesia and, and you're getting old, mm, or not, amnesia, not, not amnesia, um, Alzheimer's sure. and getting old and lose your memories. So see, they're all really good. I, I do recommend them all. The key is they're all separate stories and right. you have to look at them as separate things. Right. I wonder if, if that, you know, the negative feedback was, was based on the idea that they should be connected or something. And, uh, oh, a hundred percent. It was. Yeah. People yeah. were unhappy that Harrelson and McConaughey didn't come back. They're unhappy that it didn't lean into the supernatural elements. Like season two has nothing supernatural in it at all. Mm, okay. You, you know, it's it's a cop story. It's a noir cop story, is what it is. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong with that. I'll watch that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's actually good. It's just it, it's different. And it, well, it's like Halloween, right? Halloween three catch. Well, now Halloween three is a cult classic, right? Season of the Witch, but it caught so much flack because Jason wasn't in it. I'm sorry, Michael Myers Michael wasn't Myers, in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, was doing something different. But John Carpenter always wanted them to be a, a series of standalone movies. He didn't want to make the same movie over and over. No, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah just but, Halloween type movies, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every cool. Halloween, you'd have a different horror movie come out under the Halloween, you know, in the franchise. But it'd basically yeah. be an anthology series. Right? That's such a better idea. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it it yeah. is. And, and Halloween 3 is such an amazing movie in its own way. You know, you got druids, you got androids you got you oh my goodness I, I don't even know i don't think i've seen that since like whenever it came out <laughs> oh it, it's also worth seeing again yeah it, yeah, yeah it's it's worth a revisit definitely all right i'll write that one down too <laughs> yeah it, it's not super lovecraftian 
but it, no, it's that's fine. worth a bit. It's worth a revisit. We are we are getting towards the uh, the Halloween season when I start watching horror movies all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Next up is Joe Richter, and so he there's a two part call. So just. Yo, Jason, before I dive into this awesome episode with you and Daniel talking about Cthulhu and Top Secret, which I'm super excited for that discussion, I wanted to call in my entry for the contest. Now, it has taken me a long time because the contest is almost over. It's August 12th at time of recording, but I think I think I found the one that I'm going with. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to leave it in part two. Okay, so my entry for my favorite Lovecraft movie is Children of the Corn. Uh, the, the original one from the 80s, based on the Stephen King short story. Stephen King takes a lot from Lovecraft's. He admits to it all the time. But that one, it's a, it's a couple. It's some folks that go to a small town in the middle of nowhere, and everybody is weird as shit. Things are different. The people are different. There's that uncanny valley thing going on. And then on top of that, there's something in the corn. There's an otherworldly force out there set on bad stuff. So, yeah, after thinking about it for a while, I was like, what could it be? And then I was like, Children of the Corn feels pretty Call of Cthulhu to me. I could see that being an adventure. Anyway, dude, that's my entry. Peace out. Okay. We've talked a little bit about Stephen King before. But mm-hmm. I, I think Children of the Corn definitely applies. Yeah, I think so. It's it's that uh, that weird unknown is there, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, that's another one I've not seen for quite a while. But, um, you know, it always sticks in your head, right? With like, mm-hmm. the, the creepy kids and everything. And, and that's totally. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah Malachi. Totally and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and so Children of the Corn is one of the <laughs> what's crazy about that. Now, the first one, I, I've seen the first one nuts. Not this year, within a year, I've seen the first one. The first one pretty much holds up. Linda Hamilton's in the first one, oh, you, yeah, you know, yeah. and um, the first one's pretty good. Malachi's super creepy. The the redhead kid, um, mm-hmm. I, I forget what his name is, um, but but cho- I'm trying to look it up on Wikipedia while I talk <laughs> to you. Um, but the the crazy thing about Children of the Corn is that it is it is one of the most prolific. I'm probably using that word wrong. Uh, of all the horror series of all the franchises, Children of the Corn has more, um, is almost, it's not the top as far as the number of films, but it's almost the top. Oh, wow. When you get in the, into top horror franchises, um, Children of the Corn has, I'm, I'm looking up now, I'll find it here in a second, okay. how, how many movies, but it, it's like, like two or three of the top, you know, number of sequels for a movie. Wow. Yeah, most surprising. of them are all direct to most of them are direct to video, but okay, because we had that whole period in the nineties, you know, late eighties, nineties, we're all direct to video, right? Yeah, right, um, right, right. But well, so so you say it's been a little while since you've seen it, but you have good memories or vague memories? Oh yeah, no, that's definitely a movie that I I enjoyed. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it's one that sticks with you, right? Like the the just the atmosphere of it, I guess, and, and the creepiness of it. Sorry, I'm Courtney Gaines up. is that Mount? That's Malachi. Yeah, that's Malachi. And then the um, horrific. I I can't even. Who are you looking for? I, I'm I'm looking to see which um horror franchises had the most films. Um, 
I'm trying to find the right search criteria here. No, I don't know. Plurific, plurific's probably not a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's something around those lines, I think. Uh, yeah, no, Stephen King, like like Joe said, like Stephen King. Oh yeah, it's he draws on on Lovecraft quite a bit. I, I, he's he's on record as being uh, you know influenced by Lovecraft. Um, I'm uh -huh. not a huge reader of Stephen King, and and that's kind of why I started listening to the audiobooks after you were talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those elements are always there. Like there's an you know an ancient evil, like an unknown uh, quantity to his stories that we just don't really you know maybe not even explained at the end. Um, Certainly, spoilers for the outsider. <laughs> uh, obviously, you said you know the book and the, and the show were very different. Um, you know, in the book, again, you don't you don't really know what the what the creature is or anything, and it's just really kind of weird. It's just more weird than in the show. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good call out from Joe. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it is. So, so I'm looking here. So. It not when we're talking the most prolific, the most films. Hellraiser is number three with ten films. <laughs> so I stopped watching Hellraiser. I I've maybe seen a couple of the older the the newer ones, but mm -hmm. really Hellraiser stopped being worth watching. Real maybe four is four the one in space. Now Pinhead oh. did get in space, so he gets that. You gotta give him credit for that. <laughs> we, we have we have three horror icons. Well, maybe four, depending how you look at it. They got into space. Do, do you know who they are? Well, obviously, Jason, Pinhead, I guess. Jason, Freddy. Freddy was in space, wasn't he? No, Freddy. Uh, not I'm to my knowledge. Jason yeah. was in space. Jason was in space. Jason X. That was in space. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the third one. Leprechaun got in space. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's out of my league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, so, Leprechaun. Yeah, I, I, I happen to know quite a bit about Leprechaun, more than yeah. I should. <laughs> so, so he went. He went to Las Vegas. He went to the Hood twice, okay. and, and he went to space. Um, and and then we have, Van, of course, Dracula goes to space and Dracula mm -hmm. three thousand. Okay, yeah. And yeah, and Pinhead. I don't know if I consider Dracula in, in the categories these other guys like the eighties horror guys, right? Right, right. Um, that's so. Funny. Halloween. Well, at the moment, I don't know when this article came out. This has what eleven films for Halloween. But it might have it probably is twelve now, and there's another Halloween coming out this October. Oh, is it really okay? Yeah, he had to finish this new trilogy. Probably thirteenth as um. So Halloween actually is going to be the top, I think. I'm, my brain is over here trying to work correctly at this time of the morning. Prolific was the word. Yeah, yeah that, that's the word I want. <laughs> yeah, because Friday thirteenth only has twelve, so Halloween's going to end up passing. Wow, Friday that's really 13th. surprising to me. I, I thought I thought Friday the thirteenth would have more. Yeah, there's any, and, and that's including the the reboot. Um, I yeah, I don't failing. think I remember any of those after the third one. And and um, which ones? Halloween or the Charlie uh, uh, or Friday the Thirteenth? Actually, oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. No, there's some okay. He goes to New York, but so the the crazy thing about where Jason goes to New York, it's like seven, is he's only in New York for like ten minutes of the film. Because they get on this cruise ship and they go up to New York, but he's only in there for like ten minutes of the film. Yeah, and then then he goes to hell, and then oh, sorry, man. Yeah, you have like Jason versus Freddy, which I definitely count. Um, oh, you know, I, I have seen that. I think, yeah, that's actually pretty good. It is a mashup. Uh, to be yeah. fair, it, it actually is pretty darn good. Yeah, it's it's in the in the tradition of uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, right? Right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Nice. 
six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so there are eleven children of the corn movies. Wow, that's really surprising. Yeah, well, like I say, I think I don't know. Probably ten of those are direct to video. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there are eleven of those. Um, okay, well, that was a long diversion from Lovecraft. Oh. But, <laughs> but, Good but, times, man. Yeah, but Children of the Corn definitely belongs to Lovecraft. I, I think, um, with without a doubt. Actually, I I skipped because the way we're doing this. In the order we, I have them listed, the order the calls came in, I skipped one of the entries, so I'm going to read it now. This was sent to me on Discord by Peter, whose Discord's handle is SpezBaby, uh, S-P-E-Z-B-A-B-Y. Contest entry. I'm torn. It would either be Cast a Deadly Spell, because it has a bunch of nods to Cthulhu Mythodes, with the added bonus of a non-racist H.P. Lovecraft. Plus, it stars Fred Ward, Julianne Moore, Clancy Brown, and the recently deceived David Warner. Or, you'll like this one, or Conan the Destroyer, because Dagoth is clearly an old god in Lovecraftian vein. I think Peter has some great choices there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Cast a Deadly Spell. I, I just watched that for the first time. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a cool mix of like gritty detective meets Lovecraft meets, um, you know, just comedy show basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was a good time. Yeah. I, I totally recommend that. Yeah. I, I'm a big Fred Ward fan myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course he, you know, has passed now, but, uh, but Fred Ward from, I think the first time I saw him was in Miami blues or the first movie I remember him in. Mm-hmm. He was the cop in Miami blues. Okay. Um, Mosby something or something Mosby that is Alec Baldwin where he goes to down to Miami and uh, if, so if you haven't seen um, Miami Blues is worth watching it's it's pretty good it's it's pretty good um, but yeah Fred Ward of course is a bunch of course Tremors is what everybody thinks of mm-hmm. but he's also in Remo Williams right? I was just gonna say that yeah yeah yep. which Remo that's, I think that's the first time I remember him is Remo Williams yeah Remo Williams is pretty awesome yeah. Um, yeah, for, so he's in a lot of stuff. Fred, Fred Ward over the years has been a lot of things, really good roles. And this this was one of them. Cast a Deadly Spell. You can find it pretty easily streaming or YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it, it might. It was I an think HBO. It's on HBO. Film. I think it yeah, was on HBO. Yeah. yeah, I think originally was an HBO, like a it HBO was. movie. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and there's a good. there's a follow up to it actually, um, which I have not seen. I don't remember the title of it now. No, oh, I didn't uh, know same, that. Same character. Um, same setting, different actors. I keep going oh, on it for it. Keep talking. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe I'll check it out. But I, yeah, Cast Deadly Spell is definitely worth watching. Um, Conan the Destroyer, of course, I've always said is a, it's Conan the Destroyer is not a good Conan movie, but it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love it. That's and you're right. I mean, it's a total D and D movie, right? Like it has the it has the the party, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and I'm hoping that the new... So I'm going to put you on the spot, Joe. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we only know what we've seen in the trailer. I'm assuming you've seen the trailer for the new D&D movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So we only know what we see in the trailer. The trailer might have all the high points. We can't talk... We don't know what the movie's going to be like. But I'm excited for that. And I think that's the right tone for a movie. But, but a lot of people... There's a lot of discontent on the internet. Oh, well, they should be gritty and this and that. I, I just don't think that would sell. No, I don't think it would sell either. Uh, I don't even know what a gritty D&D movie would look like. Like, like if we say that Conan the Barbarian or Conan the Destroyer is a good D&D movie, it's not gritty. Um, no, it's, but it has a party and they're working together. So I yeah. guess a gritty movie would be like 
like the Black Plague, or it'd be like um Yeah, that's not a D D movie. Right, exactly. It's a great movie. I love the Black Plague, mm-hmm. but it's not a D D movie. Right. Maybe it's a sword and sorcery movie. Yeah. And but they're yes. not the same. Yeah, I <laughs> but but Conan the Destroyer actually does fit because Dagon or Dagoth is without a doubt an, an elder god brought to life. Mm-hmm. And you, and he would if he had been able to fully form, that would have been bad news. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great call out. And it, that's another one that we don't really think of as like having any kind of like connection to Lovecraft, right? But mm-hmm. it, it certainly does. And that's 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 a totally great call. hundred percent. It's 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 a great call. And and it's a really good movie, really, when you think about it. Um in, in its own way. But it and and Dagoff fits in with your Robert E. Howard stuff, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I, I mean I mean there are stories like that in not obviously Exactly like that. You don't have Walt Chamberlain waltzing through Robert E. Howard's <laughs> But you say. should. But you should. You, you, you uh, definitely should. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like that, uh, you know, you're, you're awakening an ancient god. And very often, like, well, not so much, I guess, in um, in Lovecraft stories, but in, in sort of like. Or, I'm sorry, Howard's, but in Howard's stories, uh, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In, in um, Lovecraft stories, like, we don't really know what the cultists want or what they expect. But, I mean, in, like, Durlethian sort of, like, called Cthulhu ideas. The cultists often think like if they awake this ancient god, they're going to reap some benefits, uh-huh. and it usually is not going to be the case, right? Like the god's just going to do what he does, and that, that kind of seemed like that's what was going to happen in, in the Destroyer, right? Right, and and the thing is the so to me the how the Howardian stories Conan was part of the Lovecraft mythos because. You know, they, they correspond. Mm-hmm. And one thing about Lovecraft is he encourages these other writers to share his universe, right? Absolutely. To share the, the, the mythos and, and to put them in there. And, and Howard definitely did. I mean, mm-hmm. Howard's stories obviously are different feeling than Lovecraftian stories, but they, they kind of are in the same universe. Yes. You, you know, yeah. loosely, and like I said, so. because they they had that sort of, um, I mean, to for lack of a better word, they were almost creating their own multiverse then, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I said, uh, Lovecraft drew in those um, 19th century writers like uh, Chambers and Mockin and Blackwood. Um, you know, he just he just just name dropping them, and just by name dropping them, uh, draws them into his into his you know his setting. I guess. Right. Yeah, definitely. So they yeah. So I think that's a great that's a, both of those are great callouts. Um, that totally. call or that email that message he sent me a message on discord or they sent me a message on discord i should say um actually goes right after spencer's so it's actually number three when we roll the die for the for the entry Gotcha. Um, i i just not i i was going call to call to call and i skipped it but i shouldn't have okay next up we have rayotis plundergrounds Hey, Jason, I thought I better leave you a message on the Anchor app while I still can. Uh, My entry into this competition for the best Lovecraft movie is The Ninth Gate by, uh, well, stars Johnny Depp and is directed by Roman Polanski. 
and it was put out in 1999. Maybe I said that already. Um, it's about an antiquarian book dealer who is trying to hunt down a rare copy of a book, and in the books um, purportedly have a formula for summoning the devil. And so I don't know that the movie is as good as the book by Arturo Perez Reverte, which I really enjoyed, but it was a pretty decent adaptation, and uh, it just felt very Lovecraftian to me with the antiquarian vibe and you know the magical spell uh hidden in the in all the text and all that so that's my entry hope i win because I, I i really um have been tempted to buy this before so hey just to clarify i've been thinking about buying the physical book i actually already have a copy of the pdf it's an excellent product and uh, felt like it was something that should have a place on my shelf so even if i don't win i'll probably pick it up that's a recommendation for me to everybody and uh good goods to joe because he's a good guy seems like and i always like hearing him talk on your show well sounds like i need to let you go first here yeah i appreciate those kind words right awesome man um yeah i think uh i think the ninth gate is a great call and i mm-hmm. i just learned something i didn't know that was based on a book so i'm probably gonna mm-hmm. chase that down oh yeah definitely check it out yeah so the book it, might be a little bit hard to find it I, is the is the, I don't remember if the book's called the Ninth Gate or the Dumas um, something. I've read the book. the The books. Oh. In fact, I might have it. I don't have it where I can grab it because <laughs> my house <laughs> is a mess. But but yeah, the Ninth Gate. It is based on a book. It's it's based. So it's funny because the book the Club Dumas is what the is the name of the book. Okay. And and it's well worth tracking down. There, there is an English translation of it. I've read a couple other books by Arturo Perez. Reverte, and I'm sure I'm butchering his name, sadly. Um, he's actually a really good author. I, I've enjoyed his his books. He, the other thing he's famous for are this um this the Spanish um this Captain Atristi. I, I know I'm uh, oh, get out. Okay, yeah. yeah he, this guy did that, and I think they've tried to adapt that to film in the past. That too. was in a show. They made a show of Captain yeah, show. But mm-hmm. but those books are really good too. I I don't think all of his stuff is translated in English. But what I've read is really, really good. Uh, and yeah. the Club Dumas, so there's a subplot that doesn't make the movie about every, or maybe it makes the movie. I don't remember. It's been a little while since I've seen The Ninth Gate. But there's a subplot in the books about everybody is in this, you know, Dumas, of course, wrote The Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. And a subplot about this club that kind of, you know, supposedly comes under that, but it's really about, you know, these Satanists and they're looking. Mm-hmm. It, it's really okay. interesting. It's, the book is really good. Definitely check it out. It's, it's I will. Really I will. But I, yeah, I mean, I love that. Film. And from day one, like I remember seeing that in, in the cinema, and like it, it was just excellent. That, and honestly, I saw that before I was into Lovecraft. Like I, I came to Lovecraft late. Um, and what I think is interesting, like looking back at it, is that you know the hunt for the uh, the cursed tome or whatever um, is a total Lovecraftian thing, but. You know, I think to appeal more to a broader audience, they they replace sort of like the old ones, right, with mm-hmm. Satan or you know things that are more uh, easily understood. You know, right? Uh, but that, I, I think that doesn't make it not Lovecraftian. It's totally totally a brick call. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. No, I I think it definitely fits the um the things about. I, so I remember that movie. I saw it in theaters when it came out, and and that movie. You know, again, we talked about. I've talked before about actors what remind you what a good actor they are and johnny depp johnny depp Mm -hmm. is one of the i mean these days and he gets typecast these days as 
Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Mm-hmm. Even Tonto was Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. But when you, before that, before Pirates of the Caribbean, he played a different character in everything he was in. And yeah. and he was, he's actually a really good actor when he, I don't know if he's any, he used to be a really good actor, right? Sure. Well, yeah, right. We're talking 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, or early, right? You know, yeah. from the nick of time to, to whatever, oh, yeah. but he's he's in a lot of really good movies. Um, and and this is one of them. This is a, a movie where it really stands up. And I mentioned T-Bone Burnett and, and the music before. The music, the soundtrack for this movie is amazing. I've got I it. Yeah. When I, I remember buying the CD or maybe it was, a, I think it was a CD when it came out. I don't remember now, but but I had the soundtrack when it came out. I remember listening to it. You know, driving so and the soundtrack is just so thematic and just uh, really gets you going. Out, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I used and, to uh, buy a lot of soundtracks like that, and I don't know, it just draws you in, right? Like there's certain things mm-hmm. that uh, it, it sparks your imagination, I guess. You know, yeah, I, I did too. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and there was a um, Amish like a market, or mm-hmm. it was a, just Amish. They had everything, but they had Amish stuff there too. But but there's a record store in the in this big market we used to go to. Like it was like on the weekends. And I used to get LPs of soundtracks. Yeah. You know, and I used to have all these LPs of soundtracks. I used to buy all, all that. I, yeah, I really love soundtracks. But yeah, the soundtrack I, I, is really good. I'm thinking it's really humorous that, that you bought the Ninth Gate soundtrack from Almondman. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I think, <laughs> I, I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's true. I think Ninth Gate came out after I was in the Army. I, I'd have to look at the time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so I don't think that's the, I would, no, yeah, because the book didn't come out to 93. I, and I was in the army before that, so. Gotcha. But I bought like, like you know, like Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop, sure. You, you know, just all, all kinds of soundtracks back back then. You know, from them, I remember getting. You know, we, I remember that was, I I had found the album. So everybody knows, like, like you have Glenn Danzig, and he was in the Misfits, and then mm-hmm. he was in Danzig. But between those two, he was in a, a band called Sam Hain. Oh which, yeah. And 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 I got I have a Sam Hain LP I picked up from. You know, from <laughs> amazing yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's just, awesome just and stuff. Yeah, um, the irony yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, though, the ninth gate. Yeah, great, great pick. And yes, it's Roman Plansky with everything that entails. Roman Plansky's a piece of shit. Yeah, and, and yeah, you don't have to agree with that, but that's Jason's opinion. Um, and, I think, I think I mean, most he still people wanted, agree with that. right? Yeah, I mean he's. <laughs> He still still wanted. He, he, you know, he skipped out after a child, mm-hmm. you know. That's right. You know, after being convicted of, you know, so mm-hmm. no love for. But so this he is where good, he, he made some films that that stick with you. Yeah, you and I, and so I guess, and There's, we're going a tangent here, alcohol fueled tangent. But <laughs> Lovecraft, you had the whole thing. Do we separate the art from the mm-hmm. artist, right? Sure. And Plansky's the same way. Now the difference is Plansky's still alive, so he gets still yeah. gets royalties from his works. Yeah, right. But but both these guys really are. I mean, Plansky's an amazing film. Not he doesn't always hit it out of the park. There are some that what I'm trying to remember the, the Fearless Vampire Killers is is, is yeah. with, which has um Jessica not Jessica Tate. What's her name? Uh, is it Jessica Tate who's killed in the Manson murders? Um, Tate. I think. Tate. I think it was, so. Yeah. It was Tate, but she was his wife. Um, I'm trying to remember her name, first name, but it, which we recently saw in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino, which is an amazing, cathartic film because of the way he films. Which I, I don't want to ruin that, but if you if you if you're not watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you don't want to see her get murdered, 
I, I would recommend you watch it anyway. Uh, yeah, totally. Because the ending of that movie is so cathartic, and it, it's amazing how cathartic <laughs> <laughs> the ending of that movie is. I, I'm assuming you've seen it. So oh yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it certainly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, it's, I guess a good good time to bring it up. I mean, Lovecraft sucked, right? Like mm-hmm. he he said some terrible things. He he believed, had some terrible thoughts. Um, also, you know, I think he's he's a complicated character, right? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're okay, Jason. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, he was certainly in his in his early days, he was very anti-Semitic. He was obviously racist his whole life. He also married a Jewish woman, so I'm not sure how that how that balanced. Out. I've not read all of his letters or anything like that. Um, but I mean, like most people, he's he's very complicated. Um, and I don't know. I mean, there's there's some people can separate the the artist from the art. Um, some people can't, and I, I I have I cannot blame anybody that will not read Lovecraft or not watch a Roman Polanski movie because of the of the creator. Like, I mean, I I totally get it. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I yeah, the, the, yeah, no shade cast at all, and, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. The so I try not to to give money to Polanski at all. I try to watch. Sure. I, I mean, I guess you are in some way, but if it's on a streaming service or, if, you know, I'm, I'm not outright buying it or I'm buying it secondhand maybe or something. Right. But, but you know, an, another one of these guys is the guy, I don't remember his name now, but did the Jeepers Creepers movies. Who, who, so. who, uh, he, well, he raped a kid on the set of a, oh or sexually sold a kid on the set of a movie before he made those movies, went to jail for it, got out, and then made the Jeepers Creepers movies. Oh, yeah. my God, I had no idea, yeah. Yeah, he's a real um, piece of work, but yeah, so I'm not, oh but, but it's funny because I, I'll, I I guess it's because Polanski's such a good filmmaker in some of his films, whether it's The Ninth Gate, whether it's, um, you know, Rosemary's Babies, you know, mm. it's a pretty amazing film. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, some of these other things, that you, The Apartment, um, that you you kind of you don't give him a pass, but do you neglect? Do you not let yourself enjoy the the artistry that you, you know the mm-hmm. these amazing works of art? Sure, right. And, sure. and and that's something everybody has to decide. And and there's no wrong answer there. So so Absolutely. if you decide to avoid these things 100, percent that's okay. And the same thing with Lovecraft. And and the the good thing about Lovecraft is, I I do think his stories are worth reading. But if you're if you decide if your personal opinion is you can't read the story by a horrible racist, there are so many derivative works of Lovecraft and so mm-hmm. many, even the modern takes where they turn on its head, you know, oh, yeah, like the Lovecraft, Lovecraft country, country or yep. yeah, the ballad of, um, oh, what is it? Black Tom. The right. Of Black Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, those are amazing. Absolutely amazing works. Right. So there's still things you can, even if you don't want to read Lovecraft himself, there's so many other ways you can still engage mm-hmm. and enjoy without actually sure. engaging in him. Yeah. And, and you, like, that's a great call. Like there's so many new, new writers out there. They're just drawing on um, Lovecraft and, and Howard to, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just updating those ideas, um, removing all of the racism and misogyny and everything else that went with those old pulps. Um, and you, you end up with some really amazing stories. Right. A hundred percent. And and a lot of, you know, I, I talked about this recently in RPG Today, you know, Edgar Rice Burroughs 
catches a lot of stuff fairly for some of his stuff, but he also pushed back against Kipling when mm-hmm. Kipling did the white man's burden. He Burroughs wrote the black man's burden is it, relation to that. Of course, yeah. of course, a lot of people don't realize that the white man's burden is was about the U.S. and the Philippines directly. Mm-hmm. You know, the white man's burden is directly written to where you know Kipling was saying, "Go, go you know, take take control of the Philippines, do your job as a colonial power." Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, Burroughs pushed back against that. Of course, Burroughs was a vet. He was in the Seventh Cavalry. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not saying there aren't bad things in some of the Burroughs books and all. Yes, without a doubt. But sure. you, you know, I, I'm more, and obviously some of the Tarzan stuff, especially you know, depending mm-hmm. where you look yeah, at totally, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. but the the John Carter stuff I think is actually better, especially the earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. It is is better than most. And, yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that. Um, and like uh, the center of the earth stories, mm-hmm. um, those are also really good. Uh, and, they're, you know, they're of their time uh, as far as like the, the writing style and everything like that. Um, but they're still a good. They're, they're wrong, man. Like they're, they're action packed. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Without doubt. Yeah. Without doubt. OK. So this next one is from da- David of Beetle Nut Games and he gets cut off. I'm going to play his message. But then I'll read the email he sent me when he realized that he cut himself off early. Hey, Jason. This is David Johnston from uh, BetelNutGames.com and TheBibliomancer.com. I'm calling about your uh, Lovecraftian movie contest. But the the movie that I've always thought was an under underappreciated kind of supernatural and potentially Lovecraftian theme is uh, called White of the Eye. It's from 1987 and it stars uh, David Keith and Catherine Moriarty. It's a really weird little movie that is, is kind of an unsung gem. And uh, it's ostensibly a, a serial killer thing, but there are, uh, there are all these weird themes underneath it, like the serial killer and the ex-boyfriend are some kind of like supernatural entities who have been hunting each other for a long time. I don't know. It's a really strange. Hey, Jason. Oops. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So he cut himself off, but I'll, I'll read his email here that he sent me. Um, Dear Jason, this is David from Bidlenet Games and the Bibliomancer.com. And all these links will be in the show notes with, with links to all the, all the callers. I sent in an audio message, but being a newbie to Anchor FM, kind of panicked about the length of the message. Here's a better exposition of my choice for the Lovecraftian movie contest. White of the Eye, 1987, starring David Keith and Kathy Moriarty. White of the Eye is ostensibly about a serial killer, but it is really a strange supernatural undertone that I've often thought could be used in a supernatural investigation adventure for an RPG. It has been a long time since I've seen it, but back in the VHS days, we used to rent it a lot. The movie is full of weird hints at occult underpinning, and you're left with a sensation that David Keith and his nemesis are some kind of supernatural beings that have been hunting each other for a long time. I don't want to give anything, I don't want to give away too much of this movie. It's slow and moody and strange, but a great and highly unusual treat. I think it's a hard movie to find these days. I've suggested it as my pick in various movie nights over the years but we've never been able to find it to stream or rent. It looks as though it may be on YouTube right now. I wouldn't be surprised to find out it has some kind of small cult following. 
And then he says nice things about my show that I won't repeat. But I, I will say, the, so I don't know, Joe, you watch s- some different kind of movies and older movies. There, there's a company out of England called Arrow Film or Arrow, whatever. Okay. Arrow does a lot of these cult films and older films. Arrow releases are well worth getting. Mm-hmm. And actually, the other thing, I'm not telling anybody to circumvent any laws or anything, but you can get region-free DVD players and Blu-ray players. You should. And you should buy, like, the <laughs> Arrow release. Like, the British releases, like, I've got Quantum Leap. I've got the British release of Quantum Leap because it has the original music in it. The original oh, cool. music ripped out of the U.S. release because of huh. rights issues. Same thing with, like, the A-Team. Something <clears> like that. Gotcha. Music strip. So I, I buy, I've got a region-free DVD player. And I'll buy the the Arrow releases. They're amazing. They have lots of extras. They're well done. Lots of interviews, things like that. So Arrow Films re-released The White of the Eye. And and we've talked about this on Discord. So you, mm-hmm. you haven't seen the... Or, I've not watched it yet. Yeah, no. You haven't watched it yet. I did watch it after this email. I can see where David's coming from here. So we talked about Keith David earlier, who's a great actor. David Keith, of course, his claim to fame is Officer and Gentleman. But mm-hmm. where I mainly know David Keith from is Firestarter. He's the father of Firestarter, oh, right, okay. right? With Drew Barrymore, the original Firestarter, and he is really good in this movie. He is amazing in this movie. It this movie is a little bit slow paced. It takes its time, but it's well worth watching. And I do recommend everybody check it out. It is on YouTube, but it's also on a number of other streaming services right now. So you can right now you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Amazon Prime. You can find it on Shout TV, AMC, and Shudder. Of course, I always recommend Shudder. Shudder is my go-to for horror movies. It has a lot of Jallo, Jallo movies on there, Jally, which I'm a big fan of the, the, their Italian like thriller horror movies, like the 70s, mm-hmm. um, Deep Red, and all the... Anyway, we won't go in Jally today. But, <laughs> but, but if you don't watch Jally movies, you should. Um, anyway, the... but. It, it's available in a number of places right now, and it's well worth checking out. The way the eye is interesting. I didn't. I, I guess I can see where he's coming from, but there's definitely missing footage if that's the case. There, there is this hint that there are some shared memories between David Keith and this other guy, mm. but it doesn't. Like you can tell that there are some cuts and some pieces that aren't included in the film, maybe because there's a like at the end of the movie. Like there's a leap, like you're like, where'd that come from? It's uh, like okay. they're missing scenes. Yeah. It, but but it, it is worth seeing. It's pretty cool. This was directed and, and done by Donald Kamel, C-A-M-M-E-L-L. And he only did two other movies. He did performance, which is you know, rightfully considered a, a wonderful movie. And he did Demon Seed, 1977. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Demon Seed, I definitely recommend you check that out. Demon Seed is a great movie. It's available in a variety of places right now, including Tubi, T-U-B-I, which is a free service you can watch on your, like Roku, or you can watch on just on your computer. Demon Seed is, the in 1977, it's talking about the dangers of having the, what, what do they call it, the Internet of Things, where you have like the light bulbs you can tell your cell phone to dim light bulbs. and Oh, like, like, like smart stuff. Yeah, smart stuff. Yeah. All the smart yeah. devices. Demon Seed is a you know, movie telling you to be afraid of that. In oh, that's interesting. 
it, it it's pretty awesome. I, I don't I won't give I won't say anything else, but check out Demon Seed. It's a pretty awesome movie. Okay, yeah, that's this another guy, one I've not heard of. Yeah, yeah, it's worth watching. This last the last movie did Wild Side was edited by the theater or edited by the studio, and then he committed suicide because they edited his movie up. Oh my goodness, which wow. is kind of a shame. It has Anne Hesh and Christopher Walken, Joan Chen. Joan yeah. Chen we know from um, Twin mm-hmm. Peaks and from. Um, the Hunted, the the Hunted, and what's wrong <laughs> with Rucker Howard with the? I just talked about my sports ball movies, um, the Juggers. What? Oh. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about. My hopefully listeners know what I'm talking about with the with the Juggers and the um. You know, it's a um. It's not ringing my bell. No, it, it's a post apocalypse movie where they're playing the with the dog skull and they're. Um, I remember you talking about this. I don't remember what. Yeah, the, movie the Blood of Heroes. <clears throat> oh, okay, if you okay. haven't seen the Blood of Heroes, you should check that out. It's a good movie too. She was but, in Judge Dredd. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's in the Night Stalker. Actually, oh, well, that, that's the, not the Night Stalker I'm thinking of. That's Charles Napier. We we all talk about Charles Napier. He's he's another character. Of course, he goes back to um. <laughs> well, any, anyway, I, I, I'll. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I, I guess we won't go down a Russ Mile Russ yeah. Meyer um rant on here but yeah he's in there but anyway but yeah this movie the white of eye is really good it's a it's it's worth seeing i don't i'll take david's i i can see where david's coming from with a connection between the two Mm -hmm. although it's you have to read into it a little bit in the movie but yeah yeah maybe it definitely taps a little bit into Native American mythos in there. Mm, okay, they, they they have a couple references to the um, like the Native American compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they say Indian in the movie, right? But yeah. like the Indian compass. Um, although they get the colors wrong, from what I remember them being, but mm. it, it it is interesting. It, it does bring some supernatural elements into it. But it yeah. but really, it's it's more of a serial killer. You know, a serial killer. Yeah, yeah it sounds it sounds uh, kind of interesting. I like I, I like the idea of like ancient shared memory or whatever, like. Mm-hmm over time like over the the ages i guess yeah right. I don't know, I'll, I'll check it out man yeah it, it's that it's definitely an art movie it's if, if a if an art movie director made us a, a serial killer movie is what it is mm. so, so it's kind of yeah it, it's interesting it's definitely worth watching okay so next up we have i get to my list here mm-hmm. um rob c of down in the heap and of course rob i, I love this entry so I'll, I'll play this for you since Rob from Down in the Heap calling in my entry for the Lovecraftian Eldritch Tales contest. My favorite Lovecraftian movie is an obvious one, Call of Cthulhu by the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. I think that's great. But a more obscure entry might be Dr. X from 1932. Maybe even Lovecraft saw it. It's got Lionel Atwell and Fay Ray, directed by Michael Curtiz, and it's got it all. It's got cannibalism. It's got synthetic flesh. It has a cast of potential um, perpetrators or suspects with a bunch of eccentric professors in a university-type setting. Um, It's got crazy laboratory stuff. And it's filmed in two-strip technicolor, so it's almost like the color out of space. See ya. Okay, two great. And now, now have you seen both these or? 
I have not seen Dr. X. I just pulled it up while he was talking and the poster is amazing. Um, yeah, I'll definitely look at that. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, obviously, it's really high on the list, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you could make a better adaptation of that story. Um, yeah, HP, LHS is, I mean, they just do amazing work. I don't know if you've also seen, well, I'll hold that, I'll hold that. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spoil anybody's um, entries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they made just all the right choices with that with that film. Uh, using the stop motion, black and white, uh, you know, it's excellent. It's just excellent. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Call of Cthulhu, everybody should watch that. Yeah. If you're a Cthulhu fan, if you're interested in any of this stuff, it's well worth checking out. It, it is really excellent. Dr. X also is, is really good. Of course, you know, it goes back, you know, this is older black and white. So you have to be willing to watch a black and white movie. I know, like my wife doesn't like to watch black and white. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, Dr. X, I, I can see that, I guess. that Dr. X is a, is a pretty great movie of its time. You know, I mean, it's, it's what it is. It's fun, right? It's, you know, and, and Fay Ray sure. is always good, you know. Of course, most people know Fay Ray from King Kong, 1933. Right, but, right. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So next up, we have Taylor from Cleric Swear Ringmail. Hey there. This is Taylor of Cleric Swear Ringmail calling in about the Lovecraftian movie or media contest. Does The Thing 1982 qualify as Lovecraftian? If so, I would submit it. And why? Well, think about what does Lovecraft represent? The thing about Lovecraft that really makes up his uh, je ne sais quoi, the element of his work that entrenched him as a weird horror author. It's not tentacles, though the thing has Proboscis that uh, could pass for tentacles. It's not squid, but instead, it is instead the juxtaposition of the known against the unknowable, the truth against that which shatters the truth like a brick thrown through a glass. Consider the color out of space. The color is not actively malevolent towards us, the color simply exists in a separate mode of being and in its efforts to continue on its journey, on its mode. It's detrimental to the people who get near it. It doesn't even think about us in the same way that we might not think about moths when we set up street lamps on our road. Parallel to the color, the thing represents a borderline parasitic alien entity, an entity whose mode of existence runs contrary to the interests of humanity around it, but whose motive is not malice. The thing wants to continue. The thing wants to escape the terrestrial prison it finds itself on. The consequences for the team in the film are a byproduct of conflict of interest. Different from the color, it may be argued that there is some active malice in the thing as it reacts defensively uh, or offensively in turn against the dogs or against the humans as they figure out its presence, but the principle is the same. But something from beyond our understanding and beyond what we consider 
true. The Thing, 1982. Yep. And we've talked about The Thing. I think mm-hmm. Taylor makes a great case for it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he, he, I think he touches on probably the most important point is the unknowable mm-hmm. and the insignificance of man. Like, uh, that's that's an all of Lovecraft's work, right? Like, even uh, even in, in like, his more, I, I guess, mundane stories, um, you know, you just don't know what it is. Like, uh, the statement of Randolph Carter, spoilers, Randolph Carter's amigo goes down into, like, this crazy tomb, um, and all we hear is, like, the, the radio chatter, basically. And we never learn what's down there. We never learn what the, you know, what it was or what happened to uh, this other doctor. Um, and yeah, it's it, whatever was down there simply reacted to a presence, and presumably, it just it didn't didn't matter um, that this was a you know an intelligent doctor going you know entering its its domain or anything like that. Uh, and I mean, uh, drawing those connections with the color of space, I mean that's spot on, spot on. No, I agree. I I think it's really good. And yeah. So let's go to our last entry here, which okay. is from Eric Saul's Weedle, the Omega 3D Chicken Coop podcast. And, and there's another one. It's a little bit long, two and a half minutes. Hey, Jason, it's Eric Saul's uh, calling in for the Lovecraftian horror movie contest. Um, I hesitated calling in because I don't consider myself a Lovecraftian fan really know what it means all that much i kind of joked with uh you and joe on discord with uh types of movies that could fall into that and um i started going back to my memory banks and i'm like okay uh what kind of lovecraft stuff do i like um and i don't really like call of cthulhu because i don't see lovecraftian that type of horror being campaign setting because of what um daniel said uh about it the fact that you kind of start off like sane and stable, and you just slowly weaken and degrade until you're insane, gibbering, master debt. So it doesn't really appeal to me. Um, the only thing that I could think of that's kind of like a series that has like some Lovecraftian or at least horror elements was uh, when I was a kid. I used to actually like watching Tales from the Crypt. I thought that was kind of cool, but that was a series of one shots and not a movie. Um, I don't know if X Files fits into some of the Lovecraftian horror genre. Um, it kind of feels like it does because there's like an unknown and there's like some things that. They just can't fight against, um, but then there's also some level of normalcy. But this is about a movie, and I'm really interested in the product from Raven God Games because I don't really own any horror things, so hopefully I can get in, get lucky. Uh, the movie I'd pick kind of waffled back and forth, and the one I decided to pick was Event Horizon from 1997. Surprisingly, I've always thought Event Horizon was considered a good movie, but if you go look on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and some of the critic meters, it's rated pretty terribly. Users love it, but critics think it's pretty bad. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. But I was 17 when I saw it. Uh, buddy and I watched it in the, or my house. No one was home. It was just him and I, and it scared the bejesus out of us. Um, that's the type of horror outside of realistic gore or something like soft where you got to cut off your own leg. Um, that, that kind of bugs me out. Like, it kind of scares me a little bit. Um, at least kind of makes me feel uneasy and creepy, creeped out. So, uh, Event Horizon, that's my entry. You got some cosmic entity thing, dark portals, 
bunch of normal people on a ship, and there's really nothing they can do to stop the, the thing, and it's just slowly driving them all mad. Uh, it's my entry. Maybe I'll get lucky with the dice gods. Thanks, man. Event Horizon. We've ta- we talked about this when we <clears throat> initially pro- when you came to me and proposed this contest. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take it. I'll just say that that's a great pick. That's a fabulous movie, and it still holds up. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. There, Event Horizon is a is a great movie, and it's a shame. It's such the final product. We get such a cut up version of it. Mm-hmm. If you go to YouTube and, and and research, there were a lot of scenes that were cut that are are just gone. Apparently that you, okay. know, you know we don't have access to anymore. But yeah, Event Horizon, in my mind, without a doubt, a, a Lovecraftian you know horror movie. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, like you know, uh, Lovecraft leaned leaned hard into what we would now call science fiction, and it just fits perfectly because you know space is the great unknown, right? Mm-hmm. That's perfect, and and also the, the deep sea, the two things that he liked the most. It seems like. <laughs> yep. Without a doubt. So th- there are some movies that have been left out here. Now, we had each picked <clears throat> movies before at the beginning of when we announced the contest. We, we had each set a couple movies. And I know you, you've watched movies since. Mm-hmm. But in, in full disclosure, so the movie I mentioned at the beginning of the contest when we talked about this was The Call of Cthulhu, the same one that Rob recommended by the H.P. Lovecraft Society. <clears throat> and I stand by that. There are some other movies I can think of now that I that weren't called in that I think should be mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I, I know you've watched a couple movies since we announced this contest in anticipation of the show. So I'll let you talk about the movie you picked originally and the movies you've watched since. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I wanted to watch, uh, you know, maybe 10 or so films, but I really only got to, I think, five or six. Um, tried to concentrate on films that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and there's some great classics based on um, Lovecraft's work, and I'll just I'll just kind of name them. Um, Haunted Palace with uh, uh, Vincent Price. Turns out I think I had seen that one before when I was watching it. It seemed familiar. Um, Must have been a while, but that was that was a very good one. Uh, based on uh, the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Um, also, Die Monster Die with Boris Karloff, uh, based on the Color Out of Space. Uh, inspired by color out of space it's not a direct adaptation or anything like that um really good time i mean some really cool effects in it uh from back in the day um cast a deadly spell was one that uh that was a new one for me um which we talked about already and uh, i started off with one as modern movie i think uh i didn't i didn't put the uh the date down but it's called uh hp lovecraft's the deep ones um, probably wouldn't recommend that one. It's just a <laughs> modern sort of, uh, you know, B film. Um, I mean, and, I mean, there's a lot of films that that weren't brought up. And uh, if you go over to, um, oh, what is the, the website? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the on the name of the website. There's there's some lists out there uh, of Lovecraftian films that you can you can check out. Uh, for me, some of the top ones, obviously, the Call of Cthulhu movie. H.P. Um, Lovecraft Historical Society also did a version of The Whisperer in Darkness. I don't know if you've seen that one. I I have not. That's one I want to see. Yeah, definitely worth it. Um, certainly okay. worth picking up. Is, uh, is it the same thing? Is it stop motion? And is it? It's not. It's um, it's a talkie, but I think it's black and white. I can't remember now. I'm trying to think back. 
Um, they change the the end of the story a little bit. Uh, that's like the, the third act is a little bit more action packed, I guess, than the than the Lovecraft tale. Um, but it's very well done, you know, as you would expect. Um, the Ritual on Netflix, I think, is a great pick. Um, that film is uh, like when I was watching it, I didn't really know what it was going into it, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is kind of Lovecraft again. Uh, great film. Um, Overall, I, I honestly think that Annihilation uh, is my favorite Lovecraftian film um, based on a novel of the same name, uh, which I have read. It's a little bit different. Uh, both are good. Um, but the film Annihilation starring uh, Natalie Portman, uh, okay. it hits all the right notes. Um, seems have to have be, you read the whole trilogy? I've not. I've not. Okay. Yeah. Um, just the first one. Did you read those? I, I have. I, I've read the whole trilogy. I think, well, I'll let you, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. I, I think it. there's some great ideas in there. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if it totally delivers in the end. Okay. I, I okay. think he gets a little beyond himself. But the, the I think it's worth finishing through. Yeah. And, and he does introduce, I think he introduced new characters, or at least it, he definitely expands on characters throughout the, the other gotcha. two books. Gotcha. Um, but the movie, yeah, the movie's really good. The, yeah. the movie's I mean, worth seeing. It's, stand- it's a standalone movie. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You don't need to see anything else or know anything going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it seems to be inspired by The Color Out of Space, but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to find any kind of direct statement from the director or the writer that there was any kind of connection. Um, I, think the, I think it's kind of obvious if you watched it. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for visual spectacle and it's a beautiful film. Um, the, the soundtrack is amazing. Just everything is good about this film. Uh, well, like we said before, what it touches on the, like the, the most, you know, the core tenant of cosmic horror, man, it's the unknowable and the unknown and that meaningless of humanity, right? Like you're just in, you're just a thing that something else just doesn't really even recognize. Right. And, uh, you know, how do you deal with that? Great film. Definitely recommend it. Yep. And I think, so there are some Carpenter movies that have been mentioned here that definitely fall in this category. I think the thing, arguably, is the best Lovecraftian movie that Carpenter did, just because the thing isn't malevolent, per Mm -hmm. se, right? It just wants, like Taylor said, it just wants to survive. So, I'm a little surprised we, nobody said the mouth in the mouth of madness. Yes, also on the list. Yep. Yeah, which, which is a you know great movie, definitely Lovecraftian, no question about it. Um, but in the mouth of madness, there's definitely malevolence towards humankind in there, right? Um, so, same thing with Prince of Darkness. Well, Prince of Darkness may maybe maybe not. There's obviously bigger forces at work. Of course, Prince of Darkness also has Alice Cooper in the rare King, oh, yeah. in the rare film role, right? Uh, where, where he does he so the, i don't know if you've heard the story the reason alice cooper's in there is because carpenter saw him in concert he did that the thing where he stabs the guy with the bicycle that was the stage part of his stage show i didn't know that <laughs> yeah so so they they recreated the film yeah okay. um, where because alice cooper kind of leads the the bums and the hobos you, you know the mm-hmm. in that the prince of darkness is a great movie i think it falls apart <laughs> but it's a great concept um <laughs> And it is worth seeing. It's funny because you basically have a lot of the cast from um, 
Big Trouble in Little China reappear in Prince of Darkness. Oh, right? yeah. But okay. they, it, it doesn't hold together as well. But there's some really, especially like the messages from the future and some other things. It, it, it's a neat movie, but it, it's got um the one guy, not, it's got, um not Rick, but who's the other guy from Simon and Simon? Who's brother? Anyway, it's, it's got the, the blonde brother from Simon and Simon's in it. Um, and it, it's okay. It's worth seeing, but it, it kind of falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> But but it's definitely so if you if you pull up just on like Google search Lovecrafting films, you get of course the color out of space from with Nicolas Cage, the new one, which it was okay. I don't know if you've seen that. Um it's, uh, it's a, yes, yes. Um yeah, and by it was Richard fine. Stanley. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. Uh mm-hmm. you you get the reanimator films, which again nobody's called in, which I was just gonna mention that. Yeah, yeah so the reanimator films are not well well go go ahead, I'll let you go. No, no, I I was surprised that nobody nobody brought them up, particularly mm-hmm. Reanimator. Um, but there's a what's the other? Um, oh, the Beyond from Beyond, from Beyond, from, yeah, Beyond. from Beyond, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're a little bit older. Maybe people don't remember them, but uh, you know they're they're a little bit more in the the slasher, I guess, uh, um, genre, uh, as I recall. I haven't seen those since the '80s, probably. Yeah, they're they're comedy horror film, kind of comedy yeah. horror films. There again, I, I have a love for these movies because of the practical effects, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. great practical effects, but they're not, they're nothing like the Lovecraft stories. <laughs> they're Lovecraft. Well, that's and true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> funny, the funny point is that I've read, um, I've read a critique of Lovecraft's The Reanimator, Herbert West Reanimator, uh, that claims that that is Lovecraft's version of a comedy, which I can, I can kind of see that. I have to go back and read it maybe, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, incidentally, uh, the website I was thinking of was the Lovecraft Ezine. Um, and there's a list on there of a whole lot of movies Mike Davis put together, uh, as his, uh, I guess his favorites, um, Lovecraftian films. Definitely worth a read. Absentia is in there. Mm-hmm. Whole bunch. Black Mountainside is pretty good. Also, uh, Dig Up an Ancient Evil Out of the Ice or something. Um, now uh, what about? There'll be a link to that in the show notes. Um, yeah, I can I can send that to you. Um, yeah, no, I've got it. I've I've got it. Yeah, I'll, gotcha, I'll put okay. a link in, in the show notes. So that oh, go ahead. There are a couple others I was going to mention. But, but no, go ahead. Go ahead. So one I was kind of surprised that actually fits the. It felt like a Call of Cthulhu movie, especially the uh, Call of Cthulhu RPG movie, especially in the beginning of the movie, was The Void. Have you seen The Void? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Void is a great Call of Cthulhu movie. Yep. Uh, weird cultists and all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the beginning, you have a group, you know, chasing a guy with, with shotguns and stuff, and it, it, obviously that's the PCs or or the mm-hmm. what you know the almost seem like the crazy people in the beginning of the movie, but they're really the PCs trying to put down the horror, right? Yeah. Um, yep. The the lighthouse kind of falls oh, in this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Dagon, you, you know, is is one that's pretty famous, um, but it's out there, but. Yeah, th- those are kind of... The, oh, well, okay, there's another one we need to talk about. Well, there's two more that I want to bring up. Okay. Um, the Dunwich Horror from oh, sure. okay. 70, 1970, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's a it's a product of its time, but it, it is a direct adaptation, right? With Ed Bagley and Dean Stockwell. Mm-hmm. And it, for the time and what it is... I. I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's but it's one I, I still kind of enjoy. Yeah, I still have a, like a like a weird 
loved that film. I haven't seen it for quite a while, so maybe I wouldn't like it now. But uh, like you said, like it is kind of a product of the time, and it's you know it's very much a, a early seventies film, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd probably still enjoy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the other one I think that definitely fits in here because you're talking about you know the idea of not being overly you know malevolent towards mankind but dangerous or is the mist by Stephen King yes and, mm-hmm. and the mist is with with um Thomas um, Jane mm-hmm. the the mist is one of those movies I think actually the ending of the mist the I think the movie is better than than the novel I guess a novella right 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 um, I agree yeah <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've said before that I don't, I don't think that like tentacles don't make something look crafty, in, but there's plenty of tentacles in that. <laughs> oh, there are, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But but I think the mist definitely fits that. Um, yeah. So I, I have the one, of course, there are, like you say, there are tons of other movies out there that you, you know kind of fit this mold. But but those are the ones that that come to my mind, and, yeah. and there are a lot of movies that just use Cthulhu and yeah it's like a name drop or whatever yeah that aren't sure i mean arguably you might you know interestingly enough on this list mm-hmm. i wouldn't have thought of this as a lovecraft movie but i guess i can see it is videodrome by david cronenberg oh i haven't seen that oh you haven't seen oh no, videodrome so. oh yeah it's so videodrome is another movie not for the faint of heart but <laughs> it's a freaky movie like all cronenberg's movies are if you're not if you don't know david cronenberg definitely He's a big body horror guy. Okay. Um, okay. Canadian director. Uh, he did The Brood. He did the most famous movie he probably did was The Thing. Or, I mean, The Fly, the remake of The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But but he did a lot of other movies. He did like The Brood. He did the, th- this one that I'm talking about, Videodrome, has James Woods in it. Um, but but it's Videodrome actually, it, it's got Debbie Harry from Blondie in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Videodrome is worth checking out, but cool. the other movies he's done that are that are pretty famous, like say, are The Brood, um, Shivers, Scanners. Scanners is pr- pretty famous one. Yeah, um, he did the one with um, what's her name? Um, sorry, he did Rabid, which had uh, Marilyn Chambers in it. Um, I've seen that either. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, these are worth checking out. They're they're mm. all very interesting movies. Um, they did the Dead Zone? He did the Dead Zone that had Christopher okay. Walken in it. Mm-hmm. He did that. Um, Dead Ringers. He did. He did Naked Lunch. Um, a History of Violence. You you probably seen a History of Violence with um, with Aragorn. I'm, I'm brain farting. I should know his name. Um, that doesn't ring a bell either. Actually, History of Violence. Oh, a History of Violence. Yeah, Viggo Morrison. Ed Harris is in it. That, that's great. <laughs> like I said, I, I have. I'm going to have a hard time keeping up with your video expertise. <laughs> oh no, you're no. It's fine. But, but yeah, there's some great movies. Yeah, Cronenberg stuff is pretty great. Um, but yeah, Videodrome. So Videodrome is another one you just watch. So Videodrome is about the heart, about the dangers of TV, and and really it, it does go into the internet age. And when you think about how people are sucked into their phones and mm-hmm. sucked into modern media and social media, like Videodrome is talking about that. Yeah. And it's got like a character in there that I don't want to give too much away. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. Slight spoilers for Videodrome. There's a character in Videodrome that all we ever see is him on TV. And effectively, you know, the, the idea is if he's projected on TV and people know him from TV, he can live on, you know, beyond his mortal years because, you, you know, people that that's he's still out there living kind of right. thing. Right. It, it's based on mm-hmm. the um, 
I'll look for it. But it's, but it's based on a, the the writing is a philosopher that kind of went on off on this stuff. And, um, That's interesting. And I, I've got his books, and I don't remember his name now. Um, anyway, but so anyway, there are a bunch of great Lovecraftian things out there. Um, definitely check them out. And yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess we should we should pick a winner, huh? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's that time, man. Okay, so what I'm going to do, folks, is we are going to base this on a, a roll of the die. We have 14 entries. So Marshall McLuhan, I'm saying his, you may have heard his name. Mar- Marshall McLuhan was the guy that, that kind of influenced Cronenberg to make video drum. Mm, okay. Okay. He's a, but anyway, he talked about the dangers of TV mm. and getting sucked in and that take taking over our lives, right? And um, That's interesting. Yeah, it's and Video Dream's a movie about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll D14. Now, I have a D14, but I'm actually going to roll it on the Audio Dungeon Discord so people can see the roll. So it's not, you know, there's no funny business going on here. We're going to do it in the order that the entries were read with the exception of, well, I'm going to do the order the entries were called in. So Peter, Spez Babies, is going to be number three. And, and I've got them here in front of me. So... I'm going to go to the Audio Dungeon Discord. And if I can remember how to <laughs> do the... It, there's a channel there called Bots. I'm looking for it right now. Um, bot Commands, I think. Where is the channel? Yeah, it's, down there. it's under the voice channels. Right. Uh, there it is. It's like you're the last person to put anything in there. Yep. So I am gonna let's see if I remember how to do this. I think it's D oops. One D fourteen. We're gonna see who wins. Here we go. That is not how to do it. <laughs> Been a little while since I've done this. Might be roll or slash yeah, roll. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe it's roll slash or slash roll, yeah. There it is. So number 11. So let's see who that is. Yep. So David with, with his um, entry, White of the Eye. Yeah, very cool. And awesome. I, all these will be in the show notes. You'll be able to see these. So as he mentioned his email, David has this. He's from Battle Night Games. And, and that'll be in the show notes. And he has bibliomancer.com. Now, the bibliomancer.com is kind of interesting. It's a word prompt engine. You, you can put in a prompt and it'll kick back ideas. And his idea is maybe you can use it for solo gaming. So yeah, people cool. have to check that out and see, yeah. see if it works for them. He also has a, a weird Western game on his site that's free. You can download which is kind of interesting. Now there are two battle neck games out there. One of them is a like cell phone games and then his is RPGs. But and like I say, there'll be links in the show notes, but he has it's blue shadows and boogeyman is his weird West role-playing game. And I'll talk about that in the future, but he has a few, it's based on nature maze tunnel goons, but he has a couple other free RPGs on there. So definitely worth checking out, but David, I will be reaching out to you. 
and yeah, we will get your address. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get your address. We'll mail you a copy of Eldritch Tales and the Eldritch Inquirer number one, and I'll get with you to figure out a charity to donate some money to. But sounds all, good. Yeah, all these entries are great, though. I th- I think we got some really amazing entries. Thank you, everyone, for participating in the contest. Yeah, good times, man. Yeah, Joe, thank you for sponsoring it, and thank you for coming on for the award show. You're very welcome. Okay. I'm, we're going to tie this to a close. We've been on here for about an hour and a half, so thank you so much. And if you have any comments, you want to comment on these movies, if you didn't make the contest, want to leave a message, you can always, well, at the moment, you can leave a message on the Anchor app. You can read. You can go to my podcast website and leave a message there. You can send an email to nerdsrpgvarietycast.gmail.com. Attach an audio file, play it on the air, make you famous. Otherwise, I'll read your message. You can also find me on a variety of discords. You can find Joe at ravengodgames.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a link to that in the show notes. And you can find his games on Drive RPG as well. So check Sorry. those out. Excellent, excellent stuff. And with that, we're going to bid everybody adieu and tell you to be excellent to one another. Cheers. Set it down. I know what happens next. I saw you in my dream. You're in Carcosa now. With me. He sees you. do this again time is a flat circle what's that nature shut the fuck up put it down Marty! there you go Zombies are arising and the world is gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.